ghosts, cryptids, murder, conspiracies, beer, what, the, ale. Alrighty, well, hello friends. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of What the Ale. I'm Alana Ray. And I'm Mama J. Alrighty. So Mama and I decided to be twinning today and we are both drinking Modelo Negros, which are kind of our go-to when we're in the grocery store. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a delicious go-to beer if you can't get to the craft beer store. Um, so yeah, enjoying that today. Yeah, absolutely. Are you, do you have any what the ale moments for today or the weekend since it's a Sunday <laughs> that we're recording? You know what? I think, I think my what the ale moment is like a good thing because, um, you know, I know a lot of people are not from California or Bay area, but like Bay area is getting a female soccer team. <laughs> and so Ooh. my what the ale moment today was like going through the website and picking out my swag. Um, Cause I am so excited that the Bay area is going to have a female soccer team and I am going to get season tickets and support the hell out of them. Um, oh, yeah. So again, just, you know, support women's sports. We need to do more of that. So I'm very excited about our soccer team coming to the Bay area. Yeah, no, me too. I've been kind of following the Facebook group and they're, they want to do like a pub I know. thing sometime soon. And I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to go to that. I know girl, but you know what, that, um, the, the next event that they're having is on my child's homecoming night. So oh. I can't be in the Bay because I have to be here doing homecoming stuff. But, um, but well, yes, I'll go attend some events. <laughs> well, I'll go and make friends and okay, then, sounds good. then we'll have the in with the people. For the- yeah, I, I did my survey about what things I want as a season ticket holder, what things are important to me. And, you know, and I suggested doing some like art things and making posters and tipas and all the things. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm That's excited okay. to have women's soccer in the Bay. And so, yeah, just support women's sports. Man, I need to get on that because I've just been tinkering around the Facebook group and not actually doing anything. So I totally should. Um, but that's super exciting. Yeah. Love so it. That's my wet the ale. It took a long time, but we finally have soccer in the Bay. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited because we only, I mean, well, now we have the team in San Diego too, but yeah, it was only LA for the longest time. So it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. What about you? Any what the ale? Um, I mean, I think mine is also kind of a good thing and just like a baffling thing. But one of the kids that I nannied in grad school fully texted me from a cell phone today because she is old enough to have a cell phone. And I mean, I, I know I like literally just moved back from the East Coast. And like, I know that whatever, like, I guess 10 is like a pretty standard age to like get a cell phone these days. But um. I was baffled. <laughs> I was like, you're texting me? <laughs> well, it's very sweet that she wanted to text you. You must have made an impression. Yes, she's super cute. I told her I live in Oakland. And then she's like, my uncle lives in San Francisco. And I was like, well, if you come to visit, let's get ice cream. So. Yeah, very nice. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. So what you got for us today? All right, friends. So um, mom did a really great job a couple weeks ago talking about the Stanley and you know, our experiences there. And so I kind of wanted to match that energy. 
So I ended up doing the Winchester Mystery House. All right. We're going to San Jose. Beautiful San Jose, California. This is the only selling point, I think, for San Jose for most people is this house. Um, But so I think what I'm going to do is really just get into the history of Sarah Winchester in general and the Winchester family. And then I'm going to talk about you know, her coming to the house, what makes the house unique, and then we'll get into potential like hauntings and theories about if the house is haunted or not. So I think that's kind of the journey we're going to go on. Um, But mom, starting off, do you happen to know what Sarah, like what Sarah Winchester's original name was before she got married? Uh I feel like I should know because I've been there, but I don't remember what her name was. All right. Well, let's get going. So in beautiful 1839, New Haven, Connecticut was blessed with the birth of Sarah Lockwood Pardee. Um, And that's quite a name, Lockwood and Pardee. Very long Mm -hmm. name, but very cool. Um, But there's not a whole bunch known about like her super early life, um, really where The history started at least based on the Winchester Mansion's website and other things was that in 1862, she married William Winchester. Um, And William Winchester was the son of Oliver Winchester, who was the guy who invented the very famous Winchester repeating arms rifle. Um, And that specific gun um, was deemed the gun that won the West which I think we can all say is colonization there. Yep. <laughs> and so... Yeah, sure. That's one way to put it. That's one way to put it. Um, I know it was the 1800s when this gun was named, but uh, it's beautiful. So anyway, they got married in 1862 and she became Sarah Winchester. Um, and then four years later in 1866, they welcomed a baby girl named Anne. And very tragically, she actually died from Erasmus only five weeks after being born. Um, And so then a few years later in 1880, Oliver Winchester, who was William's father, died and left the company to his son. However, William was already gravely ill with tuberculosis. So then in early 1881, he actually died from tuberculosis at the age of 43. So Sarah became a widow. (laughs) She had lost her child. She had lost her in-laws and she was now the heir to the Winchester fortune. (laughs) Um, Wow. I think somewhere it said that Sarah, like with, if we did like inflation and change, figured out how much money she basically had. I think they said that she had like $10,000 a day or something to spend. Wow. Which is insane for the 1800s. I mean, insane for now, but also for the 1800s. And so after kind of a day to spend by 365 days, that is a lot of money to just spend. Yeah. Like they, I mean, they did the calculation for inflation. So it was obviously a smaller number, but like, it was like the equivalent of that much money today. Yeah. I can't imagine spending even $1,000 a day right now, <laughs> you know, and 10,000 yeah. a day, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she was really pretty much set up for life as I think most people would be in that situation. Um. 
So she ended up moving out West to San Jose, California, and she bought a two-story farmhouse in 1886, which she began remodeling. Um, also who something good to know is that Sarah had a niece named Marion, um, and Marion's nickname was Daisy, but she moved to the farmhouse to live with Sarah for 15 years after she bought the farmhouse. Um, and she actually ended up leaving in 1903, but only because she married Frederick Marriott Jr. Um, I do wonder if he's the heir to the hotel chain. <laughs> I was going to say, that's immediately where my mind went. So she, yeah. she got a, you know, a rifle, rifle, Winchester rifle error, and then a hotel chain error. Right. Family. Yeah. But I mean, that's very cool that like her niece like loved her so much and lived in the house with her while she was doing yeah. all the remodeling and stuff. Um, well, not all the remodeling. <laughs> Well, not all, but a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to all the remodeling. <laughs> um, and so the house um, in the course of about 30 years, so from the eight, late 1880s to 1922, it went from a two-story farmhouse to an over seven-story Victorian. Um, I think at the end I noted later, but I think it ended up only having like 160 rooms or so um now that nowadays but they believe that there were over 500 rooms in this house built at different times and we're going to kind of get into why the house changed shape so many times and all the things but um a bit more of the history so um like I said it went to a seven-story Victorian um and then it actually had some permanent damage after the 1906 earthquake in San Francisco um there are some parts of the house that still have this damage to this day. And there are some parts that were either remodeled or removed. Um, I feel like, was it like a fireplace or something that was still, you could see the damage or. Yeah. They like found I think it was in 2016 or something. They found a room that had basically been untouched in the house. Um, so it like had like cracks in the wall and there was like a fireplace and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and with some of the damage, something that was pretty of note was that there was a seven story tower that completely collapsed. Um, and then a lot of the fourth floor of the house was removed after the earthquake, um, removed or remodeled. So, um, like I said, some of the damage is still there. Some of it's gone, but it is interesting that she just left some earthquake damage on her house. Um, but then, uh, sadly in September of 1922, Sarah Winchester passed away after 36 years of construction, um, on this house. And, um, something interesting is that some areas of the house, I think it's like in the garage or something, but there are like nails that aren't completely hammered in. Cause basically when they got the order that Mrs. Winchester had died, everyone just dropped what they were doing and were like, we're done. <laughs> honestly same like <laughs> they did a, well you're gonna get into it but they did a lot of crazy work that didn't make sense so yeah if I heard that I didn't have to do it anymore I would probably yeah. do everything right or it was too yeah so um just a little bit about what happened to the house after Sarah died so she um the house was left to Daisy her niece who married Mr. Marriott um and after that it kind of 
you know, she didn't really want the house. So she ended up selling it and it kind of passed through a different, a couple different owners over the years. So there was John and Mamie Brown. Um, I believe they were from Canada, but they wanted to, they bought the house and wanted to live there and then build a wooden roller coaster on the property. And I think it was going to be the first wooden roller coaster in the United States or something. And, um, so many people, I guess, just wanted tours of the house and like were interested in that, that they decided to scrap the roller coaster idea and just like give tours to the house. Um, so in 1923, they officially opened the house to the public for tours. Um, yeah. And then, so I do think that's pretty interesting. Um, just that like they were going to build a roller coaster. Like I can't even imagine. I was say, the house itself is definitely enough of a draw. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Place. Yeah. Um, but the house actually did get some really famous attention. So um, in 1924, a very famous skeptic um, came to the house. Do you happen to remember who it is? No. Harry Houdini. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I knew that. I'm not sure if I, I don't remember that. Yeah. So there's not a lot known about his visit. Um, okay. Harry Houdini in 1924 visited the house. He was on his spiritualism tour of america which if you don't know we'll probably do an in-depth episode about houdini and his war on spiritualism but he was already at that time the house was very known for having like spiritual energy yes and we're gonna get into that yeah um but so he was on his tour and he was like i want to go to this house um houdini basically had originally been interested in spiritualism but he really hated people using spiritualism to manipulate and harm other people or to use it for their own monetary gain. So he basically had this rule that like he would go to mediums across the world of the world and just say, if you can prove to me that you're legit, like you can have like $500 or something. And um, Houdini, as far as I know, never actually got proved that spiritualism existed in all of his visiting he was able to prove kind of what everyone did was wrong um but so he was on this tour basically where he would do like optical illusions and different tricks to show how mediums were tricking people um pop his toes like the fox sisters (laughs) he probably didn't pop his toes like the fox sisters who knows he was probably like listen (laughs) y'all I can pop my toes too now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I do think that's really interesting. And he never really gave a detailed description of the visit, which is why it's kind of a mystery as to what happened. Um, but he did go on Halloween, which is known as a very um as a very like or like as a day that's, you know, you're closer to, with spirits, it's easier to communicate with spirits, that type of thing. Um, it sounds like he only had time to go to like some of the rooms that he knew were quote unquote haunted um, because he had like other engagements. So he just kind of like ran in and was like, let's go to the seance room and let's go here and let's go there. And then he like left. <laughs> um, but something interesting is that he did say that he loved the Byzantine layout of the home. Um, and he actually um, called it the mystery house, which is how it 
became known as the Winchester Mystery House. Um, so and Houdini is the one that's responsible for that. I don't, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I thought that was a fun little nugget I learned. Um, yeah, I something that mom, we have to do now that I live a half an hour away, but um, apparently there is now a Houdini themed escape room on the property. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I really want to go. <laughs> I'm totally down to try that. Yeah. That wasn't there the last time we were there. No, it wasn't. So yeah, I totally want to go. Um, but then the last like sort of known history of the house outside of what we know is that in the 30s, it was officially dubbed the Winchester Mystery House because of what Houdini called it. Um, then in the 1950s, John and Mamie Brown both passed away. And so the house became incorporated. And um, the goal of it was to initially preserve the house and gardens. Um, and they wanted to do that to honor Sarah Winchester because she also was quite the philanthropist and donated a lot to the city and stuff outside of you know, building this house for her entire life. <laughs> um, yeah. So then in 1974, the house was granted historic landmark status. Um, and there have been many sort of like additions to the house over the years or like sort of restorations. Like they've tried to fix up some of the parts of the house that were damaged by the earthquake or, you know, they try to keep up the gardens because there's a beautiful garden outside that Sarah had built. They also, like I said, added the um, escape room. They now have a shooting gallery and axe throwing. Um, there's a few different types of tours. You could just do like a normal tour of the house. You could do a behind the scenes tour where you have to wear a hard hat. And then you could do like a flashlight tour at night. And apparently- Yeah, I still want to do that one. I want to do that one too. But apparently there is also now, I don't know what it means, but there is a immersive- theatrical horror experience so I don't know if that means you pretend to live in the house for a day and people mess with you or <laughs> it's like ghost hunting I don't really know but it sounds interesting yeah, um, yeah I mean we went a couple of years ago and none of that was there so that's interesting I mean the shooting gallery was there but nothing else was shooting there. gallery was there but none of the yeah wow that's a lot of new changes yeah um and I think that's really cool that there's like trying to stay with the times and do things that people are interested in and all yeah. of that. Um, so then the kind of last like thing that is of note in the history of the house is that the Winchester movie starring Helen, Helen Mirren was released um, in 2019, which was a very fictional account of supernatural experiences in the house. Um I'm not saying that ghosts didn't exist while Sarah was alive, but I think a lot of the ghost sightings relate to Mrs. Winchester herself, from what I gathered. Um, but we'll get more on the ghosts later. So, okay. <laughs> um, so some of you who probably don't know the history of this house, why is a person building a house for 36 years wild or hard to believe um, to most people? Um it's because there's just some really interesting things going on with this house. So the famous theory about why Sarah ended up moving west to California was that she was visiting a medium trying to communicate with her husband and her daughter and, you know, her father-in-law. Um, and she was basically told that if she moved west and she never stopped building a house, she wouldn't die. 
And so the idea was related to the medium um, realizing, I guess, that the untimely deaths of her husband and daughter and father-in-law were related to um, those who were killed by the Winchester rifles, basically exacting revenge on her family. Um, and so the idea was that if she went to the West and built the house and did the things that the spirits would be appeased. And so, like I said, she had more money than she knew what to do with. So it definitely helps That's if she was going commitment, to, though, to like continuously be building right. all the time. <laughs> right. And I mean, it was like day and night nonstop. This house was being worked on. Um, she had, like I said, there were up to probably 500 rooms at one point. And right now I think there's 160 and there's, there was a seven story tower that's now gone, or there's, you know, things that just changed about this house so, so much. Um, and so, um, Sarah obviously consulted with a medium, but she was also very superstitious. And so she would actually consult apparently with spirits every single day, um, at 2 AM in order to, get guidance on what to build in the house and that sort of thing. How did she communicate with the spirits? So she had seances, um, kind of nightly. She had a seance room in the house, um, that I think is interesting because there's one way in, but three ways out. <laughs> and, um, what does that mean? One way in and three ways out. So there's only one door that like you can actually open from the outside the other ones you can only open from inside of the room oh yeah so once you're in there there are three ways to get out mm -hmm. it, okay but you can't okay that's unusual okay yeah so even that's kind of weird right <laughs> just little weird things about this house um, yeah, and was I the only one that had keys to those doors or did other people yeah, yeah she was kind of the only one that had access to that specific room okay because um, that was her seance room um and something I want to say about Sarah Winchester before we get into some of the weird building things that she did is that she was like an architectural genius she had like one of the earliest sort of working showers I think ever seen on the west coast she had like um she had arthritis and so she made these easy riser st steps that were maybe only like three or four inches tall so she wouldn't like be in as much pain going up the stairs which she, is really weird to walk up if you don't is, have arthritis. It, it's a little weird. You're like, do I take two at a time? Do I take four at a time? Do I only take one? At, it's, it's a weird step. Slide your feet up them because they're barely a step at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, And she also had like a hallway that was basically full. I think it was like seven fireplaces, I want to say. Um, But it was a hallway where the entire thing is like lined with fireplaces that also kept the house warm because obviously people with arthritis are more sensitive to the cold. So wow. it is really interesting. And there were other things too, like she had um, like a greenhouse and like there was like, like watering apparatuses that she built that were really quite ingenious and other things like that. So she was like an architectural genius already. I want to say that. And she designed those things or the people working for her did? She designed them. Oh, wow. Okay, very yeah. cool. Like she designed pretty much everything that went into the house. Um, so she also really believed in symbolism. And so throughout the house, you'll see a lot of things around 
the number 13. So there will be rooms where there are 13, you know, windows or like if there'll be a candelabra and there'll be like 13 candles on it, or you'll have like 13 coat hooks or that, you know, like things like that throughout. She had like same glass that would have like 13 whatever's on them and stuff like that too, right? Yeah, there were a lot of really beautiful stained glass windows that she also would commission. And most of those had 13 in there somewhere. There was one that isn't actually like used in the house. They just have it on display, but it was like there were 13 like stars or planets or something in it. And they were all like these really cool like gemstones. <laughs> um, So yeah, they have a lot of like really beautiful things but yeah thir- the number 13 was like huge symbolism for her and she felt like that was a lucky thing or like yeah okay. yeah like it was more of a positive thing I'm not I didn't do a lot of research into why she loved the number 13 so much I probably should have but um yeah she she loved that number um so now to get into some of the more interesting or you know quote-unquote weird things I think they're very cool um, one is that throughout the house, you'll see spider web windows, um, where they're literally just like little spider webs kind of all over. I think there's a room where there's 13 of them, you know, like that's I was gonna say, I feel like that we definitely saw a stained glass where there was like, I can't remember if it was 13 spiders on a web in the window, or there was definitely a spider web one though, where there was the symbol of 13. Yeah, I think there were, there's like one room because some of them are smaller. And I think in those ones, there's like 13 of the spider webs. But then I think there was one where there were like 13. I don't know. It's so hard. <laughs> it was a while when we went, but yeah, it is very cool. Um, So another thing that is interesting is that there is a stairwell that goes nowhere Um, when you're in the house. It basically you start going up the stairs and you turn the corner and it's just the ceiling. You're just walking up to the ceiling. Yeah. Um, a lot of people attribute that to probably with her constant remodeling at some point, those stairs didn't make sense because she needed to put the easy risers in and those are normal stairs. And so the idea is she probably just closed those up and was like, let's use these new stairs instead. Um, she hmm. could have put a closet there, but you know, we can leave the stairs to nowhere, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> she also has a door that leads to a two-story drop to the outside of the house. Yeah. So, um, and it's kind of funny because when you're walking up there, sometimes they have the door open. And so you're walking and you're just like, oh, you can see the gardens. <laughs> like, And sometimes the door is closed. But um, yeah, the door is definitely, you need to be careful when you're walking in that part of the house. <laughs> um, oh, we have photos of that door. Huh? We do. We have yeah. photos from the garden of that, like, like up at the door. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to find those pictures and we'll post them on the Instagram. Um, she also had some interesting things like a skylight in the floor. Um, I'm not quite sure if the skylight in the floor was to do with like where it is in the house. I don't remember. And then I don't know like what, what the purpose of a skylight in the floor is, but. Um, yeah, anyway. I wonder if that was always a floor or if that used to be part of a ceiling and then she as she added on I don't know yeah yeah so I think that's interesting um and I do think I remember and maybe you do too but like didn't she it was from the seance room you could like see into the kitchen and so like you like Sarah kind of had these like nuggets of places where you could like spy on the workers do you remember that 
Yeah. Well, and then she had those stairs that like went down and then went right back up, you know, and there was no I point. was about yeah. to say that. Yeah. Like and there were all kinds of just weird. Yeah. The house itself, the layout doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I think if I were plopped down in the middle of it, I would get lost so easily. Yeah. Um, because there are times where like you're trying to go downstairs and you have to go up the stairs before you can go down, or you have to like walk through the kitchen to go upstairs to go downstairs I mean it's so weird the house is just like I said I think it's from the constant remodeling she just did some wonky things to this house um and something else I do remember was there were like closets where you just open them and there's a wall or there's like a random like it looks like a window but there's bricks behind it or (laughs) things like that so even that like she just like Again, I don't know if that's from the constant remodeling or she was like, oh, a door would look nice there, but didn't actually want to have a closet there. (laughs) Um, So yeah, um, those are some of like the weird like things associated with the house. I think, like I had mentioned earlier, there is the part of the um, like house that had been damaged by the earthquake that is pretty much left untouched. Um, And I believe that that was originally Sarah Winchester's bedroom. Um, and she was actually in bed when the earthquake hit. And so after the earthquake, she kind of just like boarded up that room and moved to a different room in the house. So um, even that is just really interesting. So the house itself is like this architectural mop, like marble. It's so beautiful, but yeah, just weird and wonky when you walk through it. Um, so yeah. But when you look at it from the outside, it really does look fairly normal other than the door on the second floor that leads to nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. But from the outside, you know, it just looks like a massive, beautiful house. And yeah. it's in the inside that there's all these weird, quirky things. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, Mom, are you ready to get into some ghosts? I'm always ready to hear the ghost stories. All right. So there's not a ton of, like... There's a lot more like stories of the same ghosts. I wouldn't say there's a ton of ghosts that are associated with the house. So um, one of the most popular is Clyde. Uh, do you remember Clyde, mom? <laughs> um, yeah. Is he the worker that is like in the basement or something? We did not see him, but yes. we were told here in that part of the house that that's where he's usually seen. Yes. Um, and he like wearing overalls or I can't remember but many people have spotted him in there yeah yeah so you're pretty much spot on so Clyde um is probably the most seen ghost other than like maybe encounters with Mrs. Winchester herself um he is just everyone knows him so there's this picture in the basement and when you're there there's this guy that's wearing like overalls and a straw hat and he has a mustache and everyone's like oh yeah that's Clyde um but he is basically seen in the basement he's normally pushing a wheelbarrow um and sometimes yeah I remember the wheelbarrow. yeah and he's sometimes seen in the ballroom actually trying to fix a fireplace um oh. and sometimes Clyde seems more of like a residual haunting where he's just kind of walking and like doing his own thing and then sometimes guests have said that if they see him he'll like tip his hat to them so okay. So sometimes he's aware of other people being there. Yeah, yeah. Um, But people have started seeing Clyde like all the way back in the 1930s. Like this ghost has been seen for almost 100 years now. Um, And he's still seen 
to this day. Um, and he, um, something else about Clyde is apparently people think, and I don't know if this is part of the lore, it was on the Winchester's website. So it could have just been part of their like trying to sell the ghosts of the house or whatever. But I guess Sarah had asked him to take care of the house. And so he stayed. Oh. Um, and, you know, I, part of me is like, I love that. I love that yeah. he's so loyal to his boss and like he, you know, has his sense of purpose and that's what he does. And part of me is like, Clyde, go off somewhere. Like, well, you're stuck at work for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he might like all the attention. <laughs> you know, he probably, he's probably like, ooh, these tourists, like today we're going to scare this one. <laughs> but that's interesting, you know, because I would think like, um, you know, and, and not that the workers didn't respect her. And obviously she, you know, was very creative and, um, and design and stuff like, you know, probably yeah. people respected her, but, you know, I would think a lot of the workers probably thought she was a little nutty, like, you know, building all these things that didn't make sense or, you know, doing it because she believed she would die. So, you know, it, it's interesting to hear of this worker who, you know, I don't know what he thought about all of that, but that he still felt very loyal to her. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And I also think, you know, something, I mean, I've never really heard any sort of bad thing be said about Mrs. Winchester. Like, yeah, I mean, it like she was generous and kind and thoughtful, you know, so yeah. But I mean, still to have somebody believe so much in this, you know, sto story or, you know, a prediction or whatever. Um, yeah, you would think some people would think that's weird. And yeah, so to have somebody so loyal, I think is very cool. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Clyde's a homie. Um, yeah. I've never seen him. Unfortunately, I've been to the house three times. I've never seen him. Um, well, maybe we'll do, well, we still need to do the flashlight tour, but maybe we'll do this other thing too. And then maybe we'll see escape him. Escape room? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm down for an escape room. Escape rooms are fun. I love escape rooms. We need to get a group, a group together. Um, awesome. But yeah, no, I'm super down. I, I love the Winchester house. I think it's beautiful anyway. So any excuse to go, I'm down. Um, but aside from Clyde, um, really there's not any sort of major ghosts other than Mrs. Winchester. Um, so people a lot of times see her, they don't always see her, but they'll see like a woman in a veil um, in her bedroom. Um, they oftentimes will just hear things or witness things in her actual bedroom. So they'll hear footsteps or they'll hear breathing or like tapping or things like that will just come from her bedroom and there's no one in there. Um, is the veil thing, um, because that, you know, that's kind of how they depicted her in the movie too, is that she was like constantly in mourning, wearing black, had the veil a lot of the time. Was that something that was true or was that just something that was done for the movie? You know, I feel like the only pictures I've seen of Mrs. Winchester were like one from when she was like super young, like before she got married. And then there's the one, um, of her in the carriage and she is wearing a veil in the carriage um, okay I don't people, people see her ghost though they they see her with a veil mm -hmm. I do think she never really moved on from her grief I think she really thought like she had to do like penance for all the people that lost their lives to the guns and like she had to like she was like in constant mourning and in constant like trying to satisfy the spirits basically well, I can't remember if you already said this, but wasn't there something like she felt like um, because her in-laws, her husband and her baby were all 
um, or all died younger than they should have, that she felt like that was part of the penance, like start part of the punishment. Um, yeah, yeah. So the medium had told her that. So the medium oh, okay. had said something like the spirits of those who were murdered by the Winchester repeating arms rifle basically like were haunting her family and punishing them for the damage that they did to America. <laughs> but gosh, her her losing her child seems unfair to her. But I guess that would be trying to punish her husband. Yeah, that's that's some creepy ghost shit though to kill somebody's baby. That's some creepy ghost shit. And honestly, I mean, you know, we could get into the theories of whether or not the spirits were real or whatever. I think Sarah was just grieving really, really heavily. I mean, she lost all of them fairly close together. She was dealing with a lot. And um, so whether or not, you know, she was actually visited by spirits nightly, or she was just so lost in her grief that that was her way of coping and yeah. grieving. Well, and, you know, and the hard part though is like, you know, was this um, a spiritualist, somebody who took advantage of her grief and then like spun this story for whatever reasons, I don't know how that benefited that person, but whatever the reasons yeah. that benefited that person, you know, or did they actually pick up on something that was true? And, you know, and we'll never know, but yeah, that could have been somebody who was just taking advantage of her grief, knowing that she had millions of dollars to spend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, like I said, she's kind of one of the most reported sort of hauntings, whether, you know, you see her in physical form, she's often, you know, you'll get like a fuzzy sort of being and pictures if you take pictures in her room that type of thing um but people also just feel like tugs on their shirts or their sleeves or their pants um sometimes when they're walking through the house I don't know if those are workers or Sarah or I wouldn't say kids as far as I know kids didn't really live in the house <laughs> um so I don't know who would be tugging on shirts and sleeves um Apparently a maintenance worker has heard footsteps above him in the water tower and he chased, he like heard them and was like, okay, I'm going to chase this person because they're not supposed to be there. And so he like chased and like went all the way up the stairs and got onto the roof and there was no one there. So that's kind of crazy that the ghost was like aware enough to like run up the stairs and like taunt this person. Um, There are often shadow figures seen, um, and they're seen like in the corners or hallways and windows. Um, and people basically just say with the shadow figures, they'll kind of see something out of the corner of their eye and then they'll like look back and there's nothing there. So I think shadow figures are interesting because I always wonder if it's like a person or if it's like just like energy that was expelled there and like what that energy is. Like shadow people are like such an interesting thing to me. Um because they are kind of like faceless and shapeless and you don't really know what they are. So very sad. Um, But mom, as you know, I am a fan of of, uh, BuzzFeed Unsolves and Ghosts Files. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And for those of you who don't know, BuzzFeed Unsolved originally featured Ryan and Shane and they kind of went off into their own show called Ghost Files. And um, they actually recently did the Winchester Mystery House this summer. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to cover what they found while they were there. Okay. Um, because yeah, I don't think I've, I've seen. Yeah, I don't think I've seen this episode. Yeah, it just came out. It was like a promotional for the Haunted Mansion movie. So oh. it like just came out a few weeks ago. 
Um, and everybody go see that movie. We got to support our queer black directors. <laughs> yes, Justin Semyon is amazing. Also, <laughs> we love like Jamie Lee Curtis and Danny DeVito and all them. But like, seriously, let's support the black queer creatives. They're amazing. They're all yeah. amazing. Um, so um, the first, so the way that they're doing the new show is basically they get audience submissions of spooky things and then they try to kind of recreate it and then just do their own investigation. So they actually got an audience submission of a little boy's face looking out of a window at the front of the house. And apparently at the time there was, when that photo was taken, there was no one in the house. So that, first of all, a little boy shouldn't have been there, but like, it is interesting that if there was no one in the house, how did a kid's face get in there? Um, I thought that picture, I mean, I wouldn't say it's not convincing. It's just kind of distorted. I think it was like an older photo. So it's just hard to tell. Um, okay. as, as like clear as the Amityville horror picture that everyone knows. Um, we'll get into that one too. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess I don't totally remember this room, mom. Do you remember the witch's cap? What is that? I don't think so. So it's like this room, like, you know, that part of the house that, shh, baby, sorry, friends, my, I'm, this puppy is freaking out. I don't know why he's fine. I fed him and took him out. So I apologize for his noises. <laughs> um, but it's apparently this room where it's like pointed. So they call it the witch's cap because of the shape. Um, but I oh, guess yeah. you stand in the middle and yeah, we did that the last time we were there. You don't remember? Okay, yes. Because you could talk and you hear your voice like surrender. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, sorry. Yeah, when we were there, when we were there with Grandpa, we, we did that. You're right. It's coming back to me. I feel like I was like... Brain I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, I I didn't know the witches called, but yeah, we did that... But this was the only time we've done that, you know, because we've been there previously and this was the only time that I knew that was there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So they ended up standing in the witch's cap and they put the spirit box and they also had, oh gosh, what's it called? A REM pod. And a REM pod, basically there's like different lights on it and the lights mean different things. And so they were able to get the words, Ryan, Sarah, Chuck, I'm done. And then you're going to get happened right at the end of the session, right before they turn the spirit box off. So those are all interesting things to say, because obviously Ryan is one of the people. Um, and I don't know. I mean, Sarah, obviously, uh, Sarah Winchester, but yeah. Shane's fiance is also named Sarah. So I think that's interesting. Um, and so and I, I think that they said Sarah while Shane was there. So like Shane was asking the question. So I do think that's interesting not saying it was, you know, whatever. Um, and then there was also a temperature spike during that spirit box session. And then they had a static camera like pointed at them and it died while they were like, while they were filming and it had full batteries when they like put it on the floor to like film. So mm -hmm. it's just interesting. Who knows? Um, they also had an audience submission that said she felt like she was wearing a hard hat when she went through there and she felt someone tapping on the hard hat while she was in the room. Um, so I think it's interesting. I vaguely remember the witch's hat. Um, but yeah, I, some of those are weird. Like just yeah. like the things they said. Um, Did they pick up anything anywhere else in the house? Yeah. So they had, 
um, they went in the seance room and there were like intelligent tappings when they were asking questions, like as a yes or a no kind of. Um, and then they actually realized that all of the taps were coming from Sarah Winchester's bedroom. So like you could like hear them, but they were very faint. And then the camera that was set up in Sarah's room, you could hear it was from that room. So huh. I do think that's interesting. Like I said, cause people a lot of times notice Sarah's kind of there, you know? <laughs> um, and then they had an audience submission of footsteps on the dead end stairs. So obviously those stairs go nowhere. So someone walking on them, you're just walking into a ceiling friend. Like, where are you going? <laughs> um, they also said that someone sent them a submission that apparently there was the smell of chicken soup coming from the kitchen one time when they were there. And then when they went into the dining room, which is near there, they saw a woman sitting at the dining table. So hmm. they decided to try to take a picture of the chair that the you know woman apparently was sitting in. And Ryan did have like kind of a suspicious mist. And I think mists are hard because like, I mean, one, it's the Bay Area, we have fog, but two, like, I, I mean, it could just be not usually in the house. Yeah, but it could be like a weird trick of the light or something, you know, yeah, so um, he did get a mist. Ryan was like, whoa, and Shane was like, dude, like, come on. Um, but they also... Um, while they were in the seance room, they were dressed like workmen, apparently. <laughs> like, they kind of were, like, coveralls and, like, patty caps. They were trying to look of the time. And they asked, like, oh, should we get back to work? And they got a yes on the spirit box. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Um, They also apparently had someone reach out and say that they were there and a record player started playing on its own. And there was, like, not even a record on the player. Like, it was just playing music. Mm -hmm. uh, and that they caught a picture of a little kid playing in the basement and they caught like a photo of that. Um, and I probably don't have the rights to get access to that photo, but go check out the ghost files episode. If you want to see it, um, it's on oh. YouTube. It's free. So um, those are kind of all that they found or noticed. They did like independent okay. investigations. There are lots of bumps and thumps and sounds and things, but some of that's hard because it's a, over a hundred year old house, like yeah, I'm, not I'm sure there's creaking and noise, and and plus yeah. it's it in such an odd way. It probably settles weird too. Yeah, so there's probably noise from the house settles every night and changes all that. But yeah, yeah. But there have probably been probably most of the investigation shows and things like that. Probably most of the shows have done episodes there. So um, I was about to yeah. say one more to wrap up. Oh, okay. Investigator. Um, who is the biggest douchebag in the world, Mom? Oh, um, Bagel. What's his name? I don't know. Zach, <laughs> Zach Bagel. Bagel Bites. <laughs> Bagel Bites. <laughs> Zach Bagans, friends. Um, for those of you who don't know, he is the host of Ghost Adventures. Um, you yeah, know, he's very full of himself. <laughs> He he thinks he's doing something in his Ed Hardy shirts and his glasses. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything else about Zach. He apparently is a little, um, he, he doesn't like his ego getting bruised by powerful women. So we're not going to get into that. But um, well, and I will say, like, clearly he has made himself into a success. So he is doing something right. 
He, um, yeah, I think all of his I know are very turned off by his uh, douchebaggery. <laughs> yeah, I watched the show for the ghosts, not for him. <laughs> um, and I, I know he's been back since this encounter, but the first time they investigated, um, you know, in my opinion, I watched the episode. There wasn't anything too crazy in terms of ghost things, like the normal, like couple words on the spirit box or like a weird mist or that type of thing. Um, but something really interesting happened to Zach in particular. And um, he actually had to stop filming midway. And the reason why is because he what something was affecting him he was just like very emotional and feeling very heavy and like he was just like I can't be in this house I can't be in this house I can't be in this house so well but the the idea of feeling that way kind of makes sense to me if you think about the immense grief right well and I was gonna say I'm not done let me get to the end because you'll it's a fun it's it's a thing um but he was feeling really, really heavy. And so he basically, like you see him, he's like, guys, we're done. We're leaving. I'm done. I can't, I can't be here. I can't, whatever. He felt kind of like a weight lifted when he left the house. And then um, basically after all the cameras were turned off within minutes, um, he got a phone call that a relative had passed away. Oh my gosh. So I want to say, they barely ever stop an investigation on ghost adventures. They are crazy and do the wild. Yeah, I was going to say, usually he tries to like antagonize the ghost. And but... I mean, even when they have weird feelings or whatever, they normally lean into it or they make, I feel like it's always Aaron. They always make Aaron go and like deal with like the, yeah. of the ghosts. Um, but that is something that is super rare that, you know, he would even call off an investigation and it, it, it just makes it even weirder that he was feeling that like immense heaviness and that when he stopped, he found out he had lost a loved one. So wow. I'm not saying anything else. I think the rest of the episode is pretty self-explanatory and not that exciting, but that part I thought was really interesting. So yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that the ghost in the Winchester mansion killed his relative. I just think. No, but just maybe that's because it's so connected to grief. You know, he was able to tap into the grief that he didn't even realize was going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, those are kind of all my notes. I wanted to leave some room if you had any thoughts or memories from when we were there did I don't think we had like ghosty things happen but we we, on a very structured tour so yeah I mean we did the just group tours we've gone a couple of times have we gone two or three I don't remember I've been Um, three times but I've only been twice with you okay so I think yes then we've been twice um and we never experienced ghosty things we've only done the daytime tours I would like to do the nighttime tour mm-hmm. um and so you know we're on a tour with like I don't know 20 people so I feel like you're not going to pick up much on that um but I will say just about the property itself I mean I definitely think it's like worth going to see the gardens are amazing it's just so beautiful I love all the stained glass like I said the house from the outside is just gorgeous it's beautiful um yeah just all the weird quirky things I mean it's just so unusual that I definitely think it's worth seeing um 
And, you know, the tour guides, of course, are charming and funny and have the cheesiest, stupidest jokes that you'd want any tour guide to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're great. They're so funny. Um, I mean, cheesy, funny, but, you know, great. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, I really would like to go back and do a nighttime tour and, and the escape room just sounds like fun. So I totally want to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but when the other thing that I'll say about where the property is, though, because I remember the first time we went there, you know, it's the mystery house, right? So I'm thinking it's going to be on this hill in the middle of nowhere, you know, and it's like there's like a strip mall right across the street with like restaurants. Yeah. And, it's like in the middle of metropolitan san jose yeah there's like, like a Marciano's very... right there <laughs> there's an yeah. irish pub right there you know so i you know if you ever visit just know it is like actually in the city yeah. um so you just it, you turn into the parking lot one way and you're in all the restaurants and you turn the other way and you're in the min- mystery house so yeah. you know that surprised me the first time we went because i really thought it would be in like a mysterious location yeah, no, it is. It is kind of just weird that it is so like out in the open. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like Disneyland, though. Like I feel yeah. like Disneyland's like that too. Where yeah, you're, like, well, the like, city just grew up around there. these places, yeah. you know. So yeah. yeah. Um, but definitely worth seeing. So yeah, we'll have to schedule another trip out there, and maybe yeah. Obulus or you know whatever. So yeah, we should track down how to get an Obulus. I mean, we obviously we know the Obulus three is the best, but I am not gonna ebay and three thousand dollars and do that and get the cheap version because yeah. i don't have those means quite yet yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that's kind of all i have i just i like i said we had visited and um it is kind of like the anniversary of sarah's death it was just a couple of days ago at least when we're recording this and so i kind and of how long ago did she die what what year did she die she passed in 1922. Oh, okay. So quite a while. I mean, around almost a hundred years. hundred years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Or 101 years. 101. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long ago, but that makes sense. It makes sense. But yeah, so she, um, I kind of just, I was doing the research and obviously her death kind of aligned well with our timeline. And I was like, you know what? We've been there. It's a really cool place anyway. Um, but yeah, um, I think the mystery house is beautiful. I think it's really cool just to walk through and see all the weird stuff anyway. So even if you're not so much into the ghosts, but you like architecture or you like gardens or you like just a fun, like tour museum activity, like go do it. It's, it's, I think it's worth it. I think it's beautiful and very cool. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and since you did a ghosty thing, you know, I do want to just remind people we are taking ghost stories. So if you have any personal stories or any like um, stories from your hometown, you know, because I know we have some listeners um, from Belgium and Australia and Venezuela. And, you know, so if you have any ghost stories that are particular to your area, we would love to hear about that. So email those in because we'd like to do a special spooky episode for um October spooky season I mean or even like submissions from things we've already covered like if you've been to the Stanley or the Winchester or maybe you knew someone that was involved with the making of the exorcist I don't know but like anything like seriously feel free to send us any sort of stories either to our email or the submission link in our bios or anything like that um because yeah we want to hear from you guys we want to like be able to uplift your stories and your experiences so yeah and we are looking forward to spooky season it's one of our favorite times of year so we will bring you some uh creepy crawly (laughs) spooky dookie things for this holiday season 
Oh yeah, I cannot wait. I've already been looking at a few topics I think I'm going to do. So yeah. All right. Well, anything else, Alana? No, I think that was it. I covered my notes. Um, Like I said, just follow the Instagram at what the L pod and um, you know, we have Patreon if you're interested in subscribing or, you know, anything like that. Um, We did get some like very cute stickers. So if you want a sticker, (laughs) feel free to reach out. Um, We also got pens, which I think is kind of fun too. So um yeah yeah all right well I appreciate you I appreciate you and we appreciate you all you're amazing so um yeah we'll see you next week check out next week